Good morning, everybody. Uh, I guess on the basis that everybody's gone on mute, that someone, somebody who has the on and off button has very kindly switched it onto mute. So uh, uh, a very good morning on, on today, which is going to be a bit cooler, I'm afraid to say. Um, so before we start, there are one or two notices, would you believe? Uh, first of all, congratulations for all those, all those that took part on yesterday, in the uh, Trotter's Walk yesterday, or in our case, the Trotter's Bike Ride. Um, uh, and we were able to get together virtually for our tea and cakes afterwards. That was great. Thanks to Diane for organising that one and for everybody for turning up. So I've had a couple of requests. Uh, the first one is the obvious one, which is that throughout the service, we would ask if you would stay on mute um, and uh, only put yourself off mute when you are speaking. We've also had a special request from, the, um, from, from Elaine about the Lord's Prayer is that um, if you could stay on mute or if you're on a phone, say the Lord's Prayer, but not down the mouthpiece, uh, and then we can hear the one person so it doesn't doesn't get muffled. That'll be fantastic. That's the second notice. And the third one is that tomorrow evening uh, at 7.30, there's the church meeting. Uh, everybody's invited to that one. Uh, Kevin, come on as well if you like, but uh, you don't need to. Um, and the final notice, again, on the, uh, I'll show this one, on the newsletter, thank you very much, Maggie, uh, is about uh, Christian Aid and uh, how we're going to approach Christian Aid this year. Uh, it gives you the link to the Just Giving website as well. So they are the notices one, two, three. Um, so, again, lovely to be here. Lovely to, again, invite the Reverend Kevin Johnson, which is a full title. Uh, to join us today. So the service, uh, the order of service is available on the website. There are also on the website activities for the children. And before the service, if you've been listening to the playlist, that'd be great. If not, I'd recommend that you go afterwards. It's a real combination of songs and also a story for the youngsters as well, which I particularly enjoyed. I'm looking forward to next week's. Mm -hmm. So uh, without further ado, uh, I'd like to just open with a very short prayer and then hand over to Kevin. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this your day, we give you thanks that we can come together virtually. We thank you for this technology and we thank you for the love that we share one for another, even when we are physically apart. Bless this service. Bless Kevin today and bless all those who contribute, all those who listen live and all those who listen to the stream later on. In Jesus name, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. So I'm going to go on mute and hand over to Kevin. Thank you. Just uh, make sure you can hear me. Good. So it's lovely to be with you. If you're wondering uh, who the single lady is, uh, that's my wife, Jane. Not uh, ordinarily a member of the There she is. She, she's in the lounge and I'm in the dining room um, in our house. So it's lovely to be with you again. Uh, I'm just going to share some words from Psalm 31 which would be the, um, the reading for today, uh, and treat these as a call to worship. I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. And a prayer, let us pray. Steadfast and loving God, you are our refuge in times of trouble. 
and a shelter when we feel we are afraid. In you alone we trust. In you we see our way forward and discover what is real. In you we find abundant life. So this morning, as we gather in this way, we offer you our worship and our love. As the God who creates and gives life to the world, as the Son who preached truth of the good news, and the Holy Spirit who guides us this day and always. Amen. And a prayer of confession. Loving God, we confess that while we know that you are the way, the truth and the life, sometimes we fail to follow. Sometimes we doubt the wisdom and the truth. Rather, live by our own ways and carve out our own paths. Forgive us this morning for the many ways we've fallen short of your purpose for our lives. And from today, give us greater courage to follow Jesus, who continues to show us the way. Accept God's grace and forgiveness this day, and in grace, extend it to others, for the sake of Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to hear the Lord's Prayer, and I just need to say before uh, the Cameron family lead it, this is not your regular version of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I'm always one who's springing surprises, uh, varying things that we've become very familiar with. You'll be able to hear uh, the familiar Lord's Prayer in these words, but maybe they come fresh to us this morning. So I'm not sure amongst the Cameron family who's going to lead it, but invite you to listen carefully to the words of the Lord's Prayer in this version. Thank you. Our Father who dwells in the heavens and on the earth. You are holy. May heaven be a greater present reality here on earth. And may we choose to join you in making that happen. Provide us today with the things that you think we need. And may we not take for granted that which you have already provided for us. Forgive us for when we don't live as you intend. And may we be ready to forgive others when they don't live as we intend. Guide us in your wisdom away from the things that would distort us. And restore the parts in us that are already distorted. You are goodness, beauty and truth. May your love rule always. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the Cameron family. Back to me again uh, on the order of service. So uh, this is a time when traditionally we ask people if they have any birthdays this week. Um, so we can't ask people to stand up. Uh, but what we can do is ask Malcolm to wave his hand. One of the most non-guarded secrets of Malcolm's birthday today. Please unmute, Malcolm. Please unmute. Thank you. He's not there yet. Click. Is it today, Malcolm? Pardon? Is it today? Yes. It is today, actually, yes. Uh, now, you're a gentleman, so we're not going to ask you how old you are. Um, <laughs> now, now, I'm being waved at by Jane. Jane, please speak to me. She's going to unmute. She's right above you, Malcolm. Oh, she can't find the mute button. <laughs> She's looking. Oh, there we go with Jane. You're with us. Oh, no, you're not. You're off again. 
Kevin's birthday on Friday. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, right, there's the name. I, I have a phrase, Kevin, you can run but you can't hide. Um, uh, now, we always have a rule that we only really try and focus on birthdays this coming week. And if nobody's any birthdays this week, I thought I'd announce a change to the rules, especially for today. Um, we're always loving the band singing happy birthday to other band members, but David Thurston has been missed out, uh, mainly because it was his birthday when he did the service. So, um, David, unmute, talk to me. Where are you? I'm here. Yeah, there. when was it? 29th. 29th. Oh, and am I right to say you didn't do it because you did the service that day? Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it would just no. seem like a take over bid. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that. So I think we have the three. Uh, so with Kevin and David and Malcolm. Uh, now then, I couldn't do a David Thurston to bring along a little imitation keyboard. So I've actually brought along my guitar. So please feel free to swing along in your own home. Uh, if my voice sounds really bad or rough or out of tune, it's the software in the 8x8 that does that. It's not my voice. So... Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Kevin and David and Malcolm, happy birthdays to you. Now that's the end of the birthdays and uh, the next item on the agenda, on the agenda, <laughs> just like a meeting. Uh, is the reading. Uh, so we'll uh, hand over to, I think, the Nixons. Which one's first? Thomas. So this is a reading from John uh, chapter 14, starting at verse 1. Believe in God and believe also in me. There are many rooms in my father's house and I am going to prepare a place for you. I would not tell you this if it were not so. And after I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. You know the way that leads to the place where I am going. Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way to get to the Father? I am the way, the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. Now that you have known me, you will know my father also. And from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Lord, show us the father. That's all we need. For a long time, I have been with you all, yet you do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the father. Why then do you say, show us the father? Do you not believe, Philip, that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words that I have spoken to you do not come from me. The Father who remains in me does his own work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me and I will do whatever you ask for in my name so that the Father's glory will be shown through the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. Thank you very much uh, for that rendition, uh, Brian. Um, that's going to be a highlight of my week, having uh, 
having a happy birthday sung virtually down the phone or down the wire, whatever it's called. Uh, and thank you to the Nixon family for reading. So the reading today focuses in John chapter 14. And uh, the phrase I'd like to bring to you is in my father's house, which seems really appropriate when I look at the screen and see, I don't know, 25, 30 different houses. I think that's been one of the delights of um, worshipping this way. We can all get a sneaky peek into each other's lounges, dining rooms, kitchens, studies, back sheds and all sorts. And whether you've deliberately set up the background or you've tidied up or you've just left it as you normally live, it's uh, for people like me who are quite nosy, it's just an absolute delight to see what stuff you've got in your house. I have deliberately set up today so that you can see pictures of my grandchildren or our grandchildren on the wall uh, behind me. I hope you like the very intentional screen that I've set for you today. Uh, so when I think of uh, in my father's house, I think of our houses. I also think about holidays. And I don't know about you, we take great care when we try to book a holiday, uh, whether it's a guest house type holiday, hotel, travel lodge, caravan, campsite. Uh, we want it to be right and we want to have a, you know, a special holiday. Uh, sometimes we turn to TripAdvisor and uh, wonder whether what people say about a place is actually true or not. So we get to today's reading where we find this phrase in my father's house. It's Jesus in the midst of his kind of final uh, hours with his disciples. And it sounds like Jesus is taking a trip. Sounds like he's going on a journey. And the stakes of this journey are really significant. He's explaining to them, uh, the disciples, and it's causing them understandable grief. In this passage, we hear words of comfort, reminders that this trip will not separate Jesus from his disciples forever. In fact, quite the opposite will be true. One day, he promises, they will be reunited with him. But like us, like the disciples, they want to know what it's going to be like and how are they going to get there. And Thomas, the disciple, is the one bold enough to ask the question, Lord, we don't really know the way. In response, we would expect Jesus to paint a really clear picture. After all, throughout his ministry, in Matthew's gospel, he described the kingdom of heaven. It's either like a mustard seed or a great treasure. It's like a generous landowner or a pearl. And yet in this particular story and this particular passage, it doesn't really spell out uh, the list of amenities. What's it going to be like in my father's house? Is there going to be space for everyone? Why is he preparing the way? And maybe throughout the centuries since these words were recorded, Christians and particularly uh, me have tried to paint a bigger picture. What does it mean to be in my father's house? What will this father's house look like? Will we all have a room to ourselves? Will we have posh facilities? What will it be like? So we want to get a glimpse of the splendour of what is to come. And sometimes, like our holiday plans, we can get caught up with what we'd like to see. What is our view of eternity? And are we like guests in God's big hotel? Well, if you're lucky enough to stay in a hotel, then you view things as a customer things become a bit like a business transaction in which you get something in exchange for the money that you pay. And if you're not happy, you can call the receptionist and hopefully someone will resolve your problem. You are a consumer free from all the responsibilities that you normally have at home. 
Jesus' response to the disciples' question makes it pretty clear that he's not talking about a holiday reservation. He responds to Thomas not as a travel agent trying to get an upgraded room, but as a saviour who goes straight to the heart of the matter and says to Thomas, I am the way, I am the truth and I am the life. In other words, Thomas, I've got you covered. Trust me, it's going to be good. Jesus knows that the reservation will be made by his death, by his resurrection, and that his grace will cover all the costs. He's doing much more than playing as a travel agent. He isn't offering a short-term break. Rather, he's not really selling anything at all. He's inviting his friends to come and live with him, to go on a journey, not as paying customers, but maybe more like house guests. Now, there's a thing. Being someone's house guest is really different than paying for a room in a hotel. Our expectations aren't really the same when we stay with family and friends. More, we focus on the time that we can spend with our loved ones. Things feel a bit more like home as we fall into a shared rhythm and a routine over cups of tea, coffee, conversation, local adventures and reminiscing. Of course, our hosts will do things to make us comfortable as possible. They might have prepared in advance and tidied up, shoved things in the cupboard under the stairs. And they might say, make yourself at home and you might find extra snacks. If you're lucky, they might even give you their Wi-Fi code. But chances are, during our stay, we won't be bothered about such things because the most important thing is relationships. And I think that's what Jesus is really talking about in this passage. Not just some future far off eternity, but in the very immediate reality of the present. He reminds the disciples that through him, they're already connected to God the Father and they can begin and develop an intimate relationship with the divine host. Through Christ, they have laughed with God, dined with God, walked with God. They have witnessed God's incredible powers to heal and reach out to the world. They have truly experienced God, not as some future event, but as a relationship that's already begun on earth. So I think this passage in John is, it is a farewell discourse, but it's about encouraging them to live now more deeply into a relationship with God. He summarised what it means to live a life of commitment, of dwelling with God and God dwelling with them. Posh word for all of this is sanctification, which means an ongoing process of living holy lives today. What does it mean for us in our world of lockdown and isolation and being away physically from each other? What does it mean to dwell with God and God to dwell with us? Well, I think I've already given you the clue. I think it's something to do with with relationship. So maybe the question to us today, what is our relationship with God? Do we sometimes approach God a bit like a hotel guest with a list of desires and an expectation that I'm the consumer and everything should be according to how I want it? Or do we think of it like we are a house guest and God has opened the door and welcomed us in? That we can truly be ourselves, honest with ourselves and with him, and that he will provide for our every need. Yes, we have some responsibility to open our our arms and welcome others. We can settle into the Father's house, but it is a journey of life and faith. So maybe today, with the world that we live in, 
where our homes are everything to us at the moment. And some of us might be frustrated by living so tightly within our homes. What does it mean to say that we are God's guests? We are living in the house of God. The invitation was made to us 2000 years ago, and it will extend beyond our earthly years to some eternity, a promise yet to come. We don't have to wait to accept it. We can live as God's house guest now, dwelling with Christ in us, around us. And so the Father's house is, for me, an invitation. The light is always on for us to come and stay. As the psalmist reminds us, this is a good and joyful place to be. You won't find better amenities anywhere else than in God's grace and God's love. So come and stay a while. There's a place prepared for everyone. And in the words of the psalmist, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. I think it's now time for our prayers of intercession. I'm hoping that everybody can hear me. Um, so we'll just carry on. Shall we pray together? Father, we just pray that you lead our prayers. And that our hearts and minds will be in tune with you. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you're always with us, that you're all powerful, that you're all loving, that you're all knowing and that you are the one, the only true God. We thank you, Lord, that you have allowed us to be part of your family, that we can be called your children, that we are all connected, that we are all part of the family of God. And we thank you, Lord, that you tell us that you will never, ever leave us. And that you will always be there for us. And we, you will always strengthen us when we're, when we're in trouble or when we're in need. Father, this world is really in need now. This world is coming together perhaps, Lord, more than it's done for 75 years. If, if not even ever. It's coming together to fight disease. And it's coming together to try and work how to, how to live in the future. The future will be different. Our future is going to be a completely different way of life. And Father, the countries of this world are trying to get together to work out how to do it. Father, we just pray for your wisdom that the leaders of this planet may find a way to work together, to be together. The perfect way would be through you, though half the countries in this planet don't recognize who you are. I just pray, Lord, that this becomes something that brings glory to you. I don't know how, but I just pray that it can happen. Father, I pray for our own country. Today, there's a big announcement going on. Yesterday, there were riots about people being upset about the effects of lockdown. People are different. Some people can see the benefits of lockdown. Some people can't. People tend to react in different ways. But Father, we just pray for wisdom. We pray for wisdom for our government. We pray that the thoughts of our government will turn to you. 
and not to science. And that they will put their trust in you and you will guide them. We pray for those people who are having to return to work or not having to, but want to or can do. We just pray, Lord, that you'll be with them, that they'll still continue to do the social distancing and all that's required of them to stay safe. We pray for the schools and their teachers. Been doing such a fantastic job, Lord, looking after the children of those who are classed as key workers. We just pray, Lord, that you'll bless them. Father, this week is a key week. It's Christian Aid Week. And Father, charities are struggling so much at the moment to try and get funds and to try and get money. And Lord, we just pray that somehow the funds that Christian Aid received this week will be even more than they normally receive. That people will go online, that they will make gifts, that church members will do that, that Joe Public will do that, that everybody, Lord, will realise the importance of Christian Aid Week, that it will get out the message that we need to share your love at this time of trouble. Lord, we bring our community before you. I walked past the, the primary school yesterday and they they brought the community together a little bit in celebrating VE Day on Friday. And there were poppies all over the, the garden outside. And it's nice, Lord, for, for our communities to get together, to stay together and to work together. There are members of our community, Lord, that are in real need of your touch. Father, there are the old people who can't get out. There are people who have no internet have no access to anything and really are alone and we just lift them before you lord and we just pray that you'll be with them and then we have members of our family who are suffering loss father we just lift everything that we're doing as a community let us continue to be the beacon that we can be in our community let us continue to do what we can do in our community let us continue to shine the light that is Jesus throughout this area and in all this land. Shine through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Colin. And, uh, and thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, and of course, your Jane as well, coming along and joining us. Um, it's quite a sad day here um, because next Saturday would be party in the car park um, and it's not going to happen. But next year, hopefully it will do so. Um, but I say that as, as a slight sad point, just to actually draw attention to um, a note put by Helen Bennett on the Sunday link about trying to get together messages of joy from around the church. So if you're able to respond to Helen's email uh, that's on the link, That'll be great we have, because there are so many amazing things going on around us and there is so much joy. And I was inspired by a friend of mine who sent me an email about what to focus on at the moment. And it's not to focus on fear or doubts or worry, but it's to focus on love. And therefore, you may hear early on some references to the elders hold keeping registers. And the main reason for that is to make, keep track of who is engaging on 8 by 8 so we know exactly who we need to reach out to so that the God's love can be shared throughout the church and the people on or around the church. So uh, 
your help in that and keeping in touch with people whilst maintaining those critical social distancing rules is always appreciated. One thing we can do together uh, is, is to join in the grace. So the last part of today's service is exactly that. There's differing views on this one uh, about do we say it quietly or not. Uh, personally, I'm going to go with the let's all turn our, ourselves off mute. Uh, if anybody's particularly distracted, uh, please st um, turn the volume down or something other as I invite us all to say the grace to each other uh, once again. So we join together as we say... Amen. Amen. Bless you all. He is now served in the kitchen. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. 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 Thank you, Kevin.